We're turning your Bibles to Revelation chapter 6. We're continuing, of course, our study of the book of Revelation. And Revelation is God's final revelation to mankind. Uh, Jesus Christ gave it to John when John was on the island of Patmos. And then, of course, John gave it to the seven churches. And then that we have it, of course, in the scripture. This revel- the Revelation gives us details about the end time events. It talks about the tribulation, the Antichrist, the second coming, the kingdom, the great white throne judgment, the eternal state. And so as we move into the uh, chapter 6, we actually see the events of the tribulation. In fact, chapter 6 gives us the overview, the entire overview of the tribulation. It's the time of suffering and judgment on the earth that has never been equaled and never will be again. We actually saw this several weeks ago before I went on the to our uh, time with our family. Um, we saw this, a little bit of this, didn't put the whole thing together, but we're going to see that chapter 6 and the, the seven seal judgments really is the entire overview of the tribulation. And we'll see how that fits together. So we'll look at chapter 6. We'll go a little bit into chapter 7 to see the 144,000 Jews. And what is that? How does it all fit? And we'll see. So as we go back and start at chapter 6, this gives us the overview. And let me just remind you of where we are. Uh, first of all, this is just the chart we use all the time. And we talk about how Jesus died on the cross, paid for sin, rose again, sent into heaven. We're the church. This is us now, and any time Jesus Christ could come in the clouds, take us off the face of the earth, and when we're gone, uh, the, the dead in Christ rise first, we are alive and remain, be caught up together with them, meet the Lord in the air. That's the rapture. After we're taken off, there may be some time, different time in there, but then this man will come to power named the Antichrist. We call him, he's called the beast in the book of Revelation. He makes a peace pact with Israel, and it starts a seven-year time period called the tribulation. That's basically chapter 6 through 19 in the book of Revelation, and that's where we are. That's what this book's about. At the end, halfway through, the Antichrist puts his idol up in the temple. We'll talk more about that later this morning. Then Jesus comes at the end of the seven years. He comes back to the earth, set up a kingdom. The kingdom rules. He rules for a thousand years on this earth. There's a thing called the great white throne judgment. We'll talk about that sometime. And then we go off into eternity. So this is where we are. We're in this this part right here. And he's going to give us the entire overview of that part as we go through it. Um Chapter 6 gives the overview which covers chapter 6 through 19 in the book of Revelation. Let me just show you this. If you remember, we said at the beginning of the book of Revelation, the Revelation 119, Jesus says to John, write the things you have seen, the things that are, and, and the things that will be. Well, he saw Jesus. Then he wrote to the seven churches, and now beginning at chapter 4 through, basically through 19 is the tribulation time period. We said chapters 4 and 5 are like going up for the rapture, and chapter 6 through 19 is going to be the tribulation time period. Then Jesus comes back, and chapter 20 is the thousand-year reign. So we're looking at that time period right now, and chapter 6 gives us sort of the big overview. Somebody could ask, okay, this is judgment. God is judging the world. Why? Why Why is there this time period called the tribulation? Well, we said, first of all, it brings to an end the time of the Gentiles. Now, what is that? Well, Israel was in their land doing everything, whatever they wanted to do, and then God allowed the Babylonians in 605 B.C. to conquer the nation of Israel, destroy the temple, and take them off into captivity. That began, as the Bible calls it, the time of the Gentiles. And following that, there was the Babylonians followed by the Medo-Persians, the Greco-Macedonians, the Romans, and then throughout history. And so the nation of Israel has been, in a sense, controlled by Gentiles for a long time. 
The tribulation puts an end to that. At the very end of the tribulation is the end that the Gentiles have any control or what we call it the time of the Gentiles. The second reason is to prepare for the kingdom. Why would there be a tribulation? Well, in the, in the tribulation, there's going to be a division between the sheep and the goats. Sheep of the believers, the goats of the unbelievers. We'll see that as well. And the third thing is the end of Israel's responsibility. We're going to talk more about this later. But Israel has been given a responsibility, and those five, that seven-year tribulation is their final seven years to carry out their responsibility. And we'll see that. So that's why there is a tribulation. And when, when you look at this, uh, and I, I didn't get this changed, but it should say seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls. That's what's in the book of Revelation. But we've seen there are six seals, and those six seals basically give us the overview of the entire tribulation. Then there's seven trumpets, seven bowls. But what you need to understand is, let me see if I can put that up, that that the, this, this chapter 6, the seven seals cover the entire tribulation time period. We're going to find a time in there in which there are going to be seven trumpets. The best you can, we can tell is the seven trumpets come basically from about the halfway point to the end of the tribulation. Then there's going to be seven bowl judgments. We're going to see that they fit inside the trumpets and inside the seals. And if you look at the end of the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, and the bowl judgments, they all end with Jesus Christ coming. So instead of them being like seven seals, seven Seven trumpets, seven bowls, they actually fit together with each other. So as we look at the seven seals, or the six seals that are found in chapter 6, we're seeing the overview of the tribulation. Let me give you sort of an an idea. Chapter 6 is the overview of the tribulation and the seal judgment. Chapter 7 is a parenthesis, gives us information about Israel. Chapters 8 and 9 give us the trumpet judgments. Chapters 10 through 15 fill in information for us. Chapter 16 gives us the bold judgments. And then chapter 17 through 18 and 19 actually get, once again, fill in more information for us. And then we have the coming of Jesus Christ. So it's, it's an amazing thing. So let me remind you of where we are. So here was John on the island of Patmos. He'd been put out there because he was standing for Jesus Christ. And they put him in exile out there. Roman government did. And on the Lord's day, on the first day of the week, he was there and he heard this noise behind him. He heard this trumpet behind him and a loud noise. And when he turned around, he saw really something that looked like Jesus. He said, like the Son of Man. And there was these seven lampstands around there and, and there was this being standing there and he realized it was Jesus. And Jesus told him, I'm going to, I want you to tell people what you've seen, what is going on now and what will happen in the future. And he wrote the, John got the right books and then suddenly, John was taken up into heaven. And when he took into heaven, he was taken into heaven, he saw a throne. And the Father was sitting on the throne. But he couldn't actually tell what he really looked like. It almost looked like something you could see through, but read at the same time. So he couldn't see it all. And then there were these 24 elders sitting around the throne. And there was these four creatures that were angels. But one of them had a face of a man, and one of a bird, and one of a cow, and one of a lion. And, I mean, they, and they had wings, like six wings, and they were flying around. And he saw all that. And and then the one sitting on the throne, the father, had a scroll. And he held the scroll up. And the scroll has seven seals. And those seven seals is the tribulation. And he held it up. And somebody said, who's worthy to open the scroll? And somebody, another angel said, nobody's worthy. Nobody. And John was crying because he said, we got to open it. And then somebody said, another angel said, wait a minute. The lion out of the tribe of Judah. He can open the scroll. 
And suddenly Jesus appears, but he looks like a lamb who's been killed. And he comes and he takes the scroll out of the hand of the Father. And uh, every, the living creatures fall down and the, everybody's falling down and worshiping God. And Jesus is holding the scroll. And it's got seven seals on it. And beginning in chapter 6, which we saw several weeks ago, we saw him opening the scroll and the seals. And we saw the events of the tribulation. So this morning we're going to see six seals. We're going to see the flow of the tribulation. And we just get the big overview. He doesn't give you the details. They're going to come later in the trumpet judgments. It's going to come later in the bold judgments. It's going to come later in other places. But we're going to get to see it. So we're going to see Jesus Christ, the Lamb, opening the scrolls. So the Lamb breaks the seals, and he broke one of the seals, the first one. Look at chapter 6. Look at verse 1. It says, when I saw, then I saw when the lamb broke one of the seven seals and I heard one of the four living creatures saying as with a loud voice, come. So the lamb breaks the seal and one of those four living creatures, remember we said there's these four creatures that look really weird. One of them with a loud voice says, come, which means make it happen. And look what happened. The lamb is going to break the seal and look at verse two. I looked and behold a white horse and he who sat on it had a bow. And a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. And so when he broke the seal, there's this white horse, a person on a white horse. And he's coming in and he's coming to bring victory and peace. And that, that's what it's, it's the idea. He's coming to, to have a crown and to conquer and to, and to bring peace to the world. And people immediately, a lot of times say, oh, that, that's got to be Jesus. He's on a white horse. Because if you remember in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, when Jesus comes out of heaven to set up the kingdom, he's riding a white horse. But this isn't Jesus. This is the Antichrist. This is the one the Bible calls. In fact, if we want to be real specific, the Antichrist isn't called Antichrist in the book of Revelation. He's called the beast that rises up out of the sea. So this one riding that white horse coming with a bow is the Antichrist. He's the beast. He's coming to bring peace. He comes at the start of the tribulation and he comes to to say, I'm bringing peace to the world. And it says he had a crown on. That's not a king's crown. It's not a king's crown. It's a rewards crown. There are two different kind of crowns in the Bible. And this is not a king's crown. This is a, a rewards crown. In fact, let me put that up there. He, the word for crown there is stephanos, which means reward. There's another word for crown called diadem. It's a Greek word. And it means it means the, the crown that a king wears. He's not wearing a king crown here. The beast that comes, the Antichrist, is wearing a rewards. He's going to take the world. And he's going to bring peace to the world. That's what he promises. By the way, when when we're gone... And I want you to understand something, as a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have believed in Christ for eternal life, the whole tribulation thing has nothing to do with you. We won't be here. Jesus Christ is going to come in the clouds. We're going to be taken off the face of the earth. And all of this happens on the earth after we're gone. Now, if a person's not a believer, they may be going through this if they do, do not trust Christ until he comes back. But this, all these events here, this, this, once we're gone off the face of the earth, there's going to be... Chaos and disaster. Think of all the Christians in the world disappearing at the same time. And so there'll be chaos. And out of that chaos, there's going to be a ten king federation. We'll see it later on in the book of Revelation. And from those ten kings will be three and then one. And this man who rides on a white horse at the start is going to be the one who claims peace. He says, I can bring peace to the world. And everybody's going to look to him, and he's going to make a peace pact with the nation of Israel. 
And that's the, let me, let me just remind you of this. The Antichrist is coming to gain victory. Uh, let me just show you the difference because some people think, well, that Antichrist there, that's, that's Jesus. No. The Antichrist has a crown of victory, but Jesus Christ comes as a crown as a king. Antichrist is at the beginning of the tribulation. Jesus comes at the end of the tribulation. Antichrist comes to bring peace. Jesus Christ comes to bring judgment, not peace. And I want you to understand something that when the rapture happens, the rapture does not begin the tribulation. So we, a lot of times we'll say, okay, the moment we're gone, there'll be the tribulation. No, there won't be. The moment we're gone, there'll be chaos on the world. There's got to be some kind of time for this man to rest to power. And the, the actual tribulation begins when a peace pact is made with the nation of Israel. So remember that. Israel is there. Everybody is in turmoil. And this man comes to power and says to Israel, I can give you peace. And the, it, the Jewish people sign a peace pact with this man for seven years. We'll talk about in a minute why it's seven years. And so as we get this firstborn, here comes this man claiming to bring peace to the world, makes a peace pact with Israel, and that starts the seven-year tribulation time period. And so that, that, you say, well, everything looks good. Well, let's get to the second one. Then he broke, when he broke the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come. So the other, the next one seems to say something. And another, a red horse went out. And to him who sat on it, it was granted to take peace from the earth. And the men would slay, that men would slay one another and great sword be given to them. Well, when the second seal is broken, a red horse comes and it's war. And remember, there's going to be war in that first three and a half years. It says he claims to bring peace, but it's not peace. And there's going to be war. And if we already talked about this, if you look in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, Russia, Iran, and Turkey form a union, and they come to attack Israel in the first part of the tribulation. And so who's supposed to protect them is the Antichrist, because he says, I'll give you peace, but he doesn't. God destroys Iran, Russia, and Turkey with great stones out of heaven. We'll see it. If you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, you can study that, and it tells what God does. God delivers his people, not the Antichrist. And there will be wars. There will be judgment and all kind of things in the first three and a half years. And that's what we're seeing. Okay? And then, notice uh, the next seal is verse 5. It says, then he broke the third seal. I heard the living third living creature. Now, he gets to talk. He says, come. I looked, and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on had a pair of scales in his hands. And I heard something like a voice in the center of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius. And do not damage the oil and the wine. And what we have on this third one is famine. And... It's going to be famine all over the whole world and people are going to be starving to death and the Antichrist is going to be controlling everything and all of these kind of things happen. And and uh, when it says a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of the barley for a it's like saying it takes an entire day's wage to buy a biscuit. That's what it's going to say. John Walford, president of Dallas Seminary, when I was there, said this. He said the situation would be such that a person would have to spend an entire day's wage just for the food for one or two meals and have nothing left over for the special things, for oil and the wine. And that's why it says, uh, do not damage the oil or the wine. That means you can't touch it. You won't, there won't even be any way to buy any oil or wine. There won't be anything to buy. Nobody will have any money. So in this tribulation time period, it starts at a time of peace, and then there's war, and Israel is, is bombarded, and God saves them, and then there's no food, and things are going away, and then you see the fourth seal. And look what it says. 
When the lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature. So all four creatures get to say something. He said, come. I looked and behold an ashen horse. That word is green. It's a, it's like a greenish color. It's a, they call it the color of death. That's what they call it. And he, and he sat on it and he had the name death. And Hades was following him. Let's see, death is what he brings and Hades is where the place of the dead is. And he had authority was given to him over the fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and with famine, with pestilence and beasts of the earth. They, he brings death. This this one, it kills a fourth of the people. It may be as many as two billion people. Now listen, when does this happen? As we go through this, this seems to happen when the Antichrist puts his idol up in the temple, when he claims to be God, and he begins to persecute everyone that doesn't follow him. And that's why so many people are killed. And so this takes place most likely halfway through. Let me give you an idea. Revelation 13:5 says, "And to him was given a mouth, this is the antichrist, a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies, and authority to act for how long? 42 months. You know how long 42 months is? Three and a half years. He puts his idol up in the temple. Listen, we're going to get into details on it, but he at a point in time takes a robot and puts his, it's an idol, he puts it up in the temple, it moves and talks, and he demands that everyone worship that idol. It's an idol after him, it looks like him. And that's going to happen, and when that happens, he begins to kill everybody, and so he has a mer- a arrogant mouth, blasphemies, and let me just give you, as you look through the Bible, Paul wrote about it, he says, they'll say peace and safety, and then destruction will come upon them, like labor pains upon a woman with a child, they will not escape. Revelation thirteen seven says, it was given him to make war with the saints, this is the Antichrist, and to overcome them, he, gets, he kills believers. And authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. Daniel chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. It says this was a distress that has never happened before. Nothing ever that bad before. And then finally, in Matthew 24, 21, there will be a great tribulation. Such has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. Now, when you look at the seven years... It's divided into two halves. Three and a half mark is when the Antichrist claims to be God. Most of the time, people call the first three and a half years the tribulation. The second three and a half years, most call it the great tribulation because it gets much worse in the second half. And so as we look at the fourth seal, there's going to be death and destruction everywhere. We think that's most likely the last half. Let me just show you. This is a, a, the, the final seven years. And that's the first, that's the first three and a half, the second three and a half. In the first three and a half, there will be 144,000 Jews. There'll be Ezekiel, uh, the, the passage in 38, 39, where they come against Israel. There'll be two witnesses. There'll be death and destruction. It starts off as peace. Then the Antichrist puts his idol up. Daniel 9, 27 is called the abomination of desolation, spoken also by Jesus in Matthew 24. After that point, it gets much worse. It's called the great tribulation and those final three and a half years is where people are just killed and you have to take the mark of the beast and all those things. Now remember, as a believer right now, if you're a believer this has nothing to do with you. You'll be up with Jesus Christ. You won't have a part in this. But there are people that we know that do not believe in Jesus Christ and Jesus could come any second and if he comes and we're gone, they're going to be going through this sort of thing and that's what we see. Well, let's see the fifth seal. 
Verse 9, when the lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. Now, the fifth seal, the scene changes from the earth to heaven. They're going to go back up into the heavens and they're going to see the throne of God. And underneath the throne of God is a whole bunch of people who've been killed. And most likely they're all killed by the Antichrist and they are believers. Now, you understand that when the rapture happens... There, all the, every believer on the face of the earth is gone. But after that, there are going to be people believing Jesus. There are going to be people who get a Bible. There are going to be people who go to their old church and none of most people aren't there anymore. And, and they're going to understand they're going to believe in Christ. And then there's going to be the seven years and the tribulation and there'll be people believe. 144,000 Jews are going to believe and they're going to proclaim the message to the Jewish people. And it's just going to be an amazing thing. But a lot of those believers, because they stand for Christ, they're going to be killed by the Antichrist. They're going to be killed. And we find some right here. And look what it says. When the, when the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the Word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. These are believers who had died. So these are believers who were put to death sometime in the tribulation. Why? Because of the Word of God and their testimony. Because they stood for the Word of God and because they stood for Jesus Christ and they wouldn't take the mark of the beast. And they said, I believe in Jesus as my Savior. And they got killed. Now, we're going to find that a whole bunch of Jewish people, 144,000 at the beginning, are going to evangelize. And the nation of Israel, which is the most amazing thing, the nation of Israel who rejected Jesus when he came the first time during the tribulation, the nation of Israel will turn back and they as a nation will believe in Jesus Christ. They will call upon the name of the Lord and Jesus comes out of heaven as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's what's going to happen. And so in this time period, there are a whole bunch of people getting killed. And, and notice it says, and they cried out with a loud voice. Look what they say. How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth. And they're saying, how long is it going to be before you deal with the Antichrist? How long is it going to be before you deal with these bad people? That's what they're saying. And and so the Antichrist, he, this is when he's the mark of the beast. And it says, and, and he provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of the beast. We don't know what the name of the beast is. We know the number is 666. And so they're saying, uh, how long, Lord? How long before you judge these people, these bad people? Then let me just say something we know is true. Uh, they call God holy and true there. We, we know we can rest assured that God will right all wrongs and deal with all events and justice. No people ever get away with evil and sin. People don't get away with sin. Both believers and unbelievers don't get away with sin. And so they're saying, how long, how long, how long? Look what he says. It's pretty strong. Look what he says. Verse 11. And there was given to each of them a white robe. And they were told that they should rest for a little longer. Until the number of their fellow servants and the brethren who were to be killed, even as they had, would be accomplished. He says, just wait over here. There's more coming that are going to get killed by the Antichrist before this thing is over with. We say, gosh, that seems terrible. It does. But there are going to be people who believe in Jesus. They're going to refuse to worship the Antichrist because they believe in Jesus. They refuse to take the mark of the beast and they will be put to death. 
Now you say, that's not, that's terrible. Well, let me tell you what's terrible. What's terrible is they didn't believe in Jesus Christ before the rapture and they had to go through this. And so what we need to do is tell as many people as we can, as often as we can, that they need to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life so that when Jesus comes, they'll be taken off the face of the earth and they won't go through something like this. It's a judgment on the earth. And the purpose of this judgment we're going to see ultimately is for the nation of Israel to turn back to God and believe in him as Messiah. That's what's going to happen. Well, uh, let me give, let me, let me read something to you. Listen, this is what he says uh, a little bit later in chapter 7. He says, one of the elders said, who are these people clothed in the white robes? And he says, these are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and they've washed their robes and made them white by the blood of the Lamb. And they're before the throne of God and they serve him day and night. And they will hunger no more, thirst no more. The sun will beat down on them no more. For the Lamb is the center of the throne and he will be their shepherd. So God's going to take care of these people. But they're also saying to him at this time, when are you going to do something about the Antichrist and the devil and the false prophet and these bad people. He's going to do something. So look at verse 12, which he broke the sixth seal. They have white robes, which is righteousness. There'll be more believers killed as they stand for Christ. So here's the sixth seal. Let me read it. Look at verse 12. I looked when he broke the sixth seal and it was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair and the whole moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree cast its unripe figs when shaken by the great wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll when it was rolled up and every mountain and island were moved out of its place. You know what that is? Think about that. Sun turns black, moon turns blood, stars fall. This is a description that Joel says in Joel chapter 2 and chapter 3. You know when this happens? This happens when Jesus comes as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Look at this, Matthew 24, 29, 29 and 30. But immediately after the tribulation, basically at the end of the tribulation, those days, what will happen? The sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the skies. Does that sound familiar? That's what we just read. The powers of heaven will be shaken and then... The sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. So we see in the sixth seal the coming of Jesus Christ. That's the end of the tribulation. So those six seals take us through the tribulation. Now, what happens on the earth? What happens on the earth when he comes? Well, and that's a great question. What happens on the earth when he comes? Revelation 19:11 says he comes riding a white horse and he's got many crowns on his head and a sword is coming out of his mouth and he's coming to judge and his name is the word of God and he's called the king of kings and the lord of lords. That's who he is. What happens when he comes? Well, guess what? You think all the people on the earth are going to go, oh, I love him. No, they hate him and they're going to hide from him and they're going to wish he wasn't coming. Look what it says in the kings of the earth, verse 15, and great men and commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the presence of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. They hide. They don't want to stand before God. They're not believing in him. They're running from him. Listen, some people say, well, if he just judged them, they would turn to him. No, they don't turn to him. And we see that over and over again. The wrath. They say, follow us. Hide us from the lamb. Hide us from the one riding the white horse. They say, hide us from the one who sits on the throne. That's the father. And from the wrath of the lamb. Do you think of a lamb as bringing wrath? 
You might think the lion of the tribe of Judah brings wrath, but he says it is the lamb who brings the wrath. See, the first time the lamb came, he died. The second time the lamb comes, he rules and judges. And that's what he's going to do. Notice, for the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand. So let me show you this. I know we're running out of time. I just want to remind you where we are. That Jesus could come at any second. And then there's going to be a time period. We don't know how long. He's going to peace pack with the nation of Israel. It'll be for seven years. And right in the middle, he breaks the, the peace pack. Then all the stuff happens. Jesus Christ comes as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. The sun turns black. The moon turns to blood. Stars fall out of the sky. The heavens are split open. And Jesus Christ comes back to the earth. We have just seen an overview of the tribulation. It's powerful. Let's quickly look at chapter 7 and uh, just gonna, just the first part. I want you to see this. After this, he saw this is an intermission. You might call it the, an interlude. It's a parenthesis. Look what it says. I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, so that no wind would blow on the earth or the sea or the trees. Why? And it says, I saw another angel coming. He is ascending from the sun, rising the sun, had the seal of the living God. What does that mean? Wow. And and he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels who was granted to harm the earth. Now, these four angels are going to bring judgment. He says, don't harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. Who are they going to be? Well, verse 4. I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 sealed from where? Every tribe of the sons of Israel. So this is, we don't, most people say that they don't know whether this event happens at the beginning of the tribulation or at the middle of the tribulation. I happen to think it begins at the, at the beginning of the tribulation because this is when the Jewish people begin to evangelize the bond servants of God, 144,000 Jews. Why is it 144,000 Jews? Because in Daniel 9, the nation of Israel was given 490 years to evangelize at the 483 year Mark, the Messiah died and God stopped it. They still have seven years left. The tribulation is the final seven years of the Jews having their responsibility. The tribulation is, that's why it's seven years long. So, 144,000 Jews, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes, and they begin to evangelize. Now, this is a parenthesis. This happens at the first of the tribulation. So, because of time, let me go quickly. Let me give you some... Uh, so, what does it mean that these people are sealed? We'll have to wait till next week. But actually, it, it means they're going to be protected, and we'll talk more about that next week. So, here's the question. Let's understand that God keeps his promises. He promised the Jews 490 years. They used up 483. They have seven to go. God promised us eternal life, salvation, and power in the Christian life. And that's true. When we believe, we have eternal life by faith, and we have power in the Christian life. God promised judgment. Listen, sin is always judged. Sin penalty was judged on Jesus Christ, and he was separated from the Father, so we don't have to be separated. There are always consequences to sin. Second, let's fulfill our responsibility. The nation, the Jews will have their time. they still got seven years. Guess what? We, we will have our time. We don't know when ours is. He didn't say to us, I'm going to give the church 2,000 years. I'm going to give the church 3,000 years. He didn't say any of that. He just says, be ready when I come. He could come in any second. Now, for the Jews, they all know they got seven years left if they know the scripture. That's the time period. This is where we are. So just remember, as our study of the book of Revelation in chapter 6, we just saw this whole thing right there. 
Number three, let's worship Jesus Christ, the Lamb who was slain, and is worthy to open the scroll.